Very highly anticipated game number six between the Warriors and Lakers down in L.A. And you know who's going to be there? My guy, Arash Mikazi, is going to be there, who does a fantastic job with the radio show, the Arash Mikazi Show, which is, you can uh, hear that in Vegas, Hawaii, L.A., and, of course, the author of the Sporting Tribune and the man who covers the Lakers inside and out, upside down and forwards. What's going on, my man? Not much. How are you? I'm good, man. How how do you think? What did you feel about that game last night? Let's start with that. Uh, not great. <laughs> no, listen, you know, no expectation for the Lakers to, you know, close out the defending champions in five games and do it on the road in San Francisco. Uh, so the game kind of went how I thought it would. Obviously, um, Anthony Davis is the story there in about 15 to 20 minutes. We're expected to talk to Coach Darvinham, maybe to get an update. I'm assuming from all reports, he will be, uh, cleared to play. The Lakers were very, uh, they made it known uh, that he didn't get a concussion. That Anthony Davis did not get a concussion. Of course, when you watch the replay and you see what happened, it's pretty clear that, that, that he probably did. The Lakers, however, know that if Davis were in concussion protocols in a series like this where you play um, every other day, that would effectively rule them out for the rest of the series. It's just, you know, timing-wise, uh, tough to come back from that. So we'll get, we'll get an update from him here uh, shortly. Let's talk about that injury, too, because when you, when you look at it, and we didn't see the best angles, of course, during the game itself, but it kind of looked like a, a grazing blow. It's hard to see if it was an elbow or it was a forearm, and it looked like it hit him in the jaw. And then, you know, to hear the reports that, you know, okay, he was dizzy and then he actually needed to be uh, taken back to the locker room in a wheelchair. I mean, that's kind of stunning there. So, I, and again, I, I don't know, you know, what kind of testing they did. It sounded like they went through the concussion protocol, but, you know, we talked, we talked about this the other day, Arash, that, you know, when Dr- Draymond Green hit his head on the floor, uh, you know, there's just no NBA concussion protocol type of thing. Like you said, he would be ruled out for the next game, especially playing every other day like this. But I, my big question is, I mean, what kind of condition was he in last night after the game? How is he today? And it seems rather strange that just that type of blow and what we saw would result to him sitting out a game. Yeah, so, I mean, he, I mean, from everything that we've heard, he is expected to be back following the elbow by uh, Kevon Looney, uh, he was woozy, couldn't walk straight, wasn't, uh, you know, quite himself, obviously. Uh, that's why, uh, listen. But is, isn't that a concussion? Is, what you just described, that, that, are, those are the t- telltale signs of a concussion, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, so th- this is why, uh, TC, you, you kind of need that, that, that third party here. Yeah. Because who am I? Who is Stephen A. Smith? Who's Shaq? Who's Charles? Who is anyone? We're not there. So, you know, you have to trust the team positions to say, hey, uh, let's give it a few minutes. Like, listen, like in the course of a game, uh, and he gets hurt, I forgot at what point in the fourth quarter, but, you know, six, ten, you know, six minutes left in the game, for example, hard to come back to that game. And so um, it did look to me like he got a concussion, but, but I have no idea. And so, but what I'm saying is that the team obviously – Knowing the rules that that are in place, if if they had said 
we have determined that he got a concussion. I mean, the, the unfortunate thing is, I mean, he would effectively be ruled out for Game 6, and TC, the reason that he'd be ruled out kind of for Game 7, there is such a quick turnaround that that game on a Sunday, so they play Friday night. The Sunday game is slated to be a 12:30 tip off in San Francisco. Right. Just simply not enough time there. And travel, factor in the travel and not you, you, exactly. you don't want to be flying with a concussion as well too. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, we'll keep, we'll keep an eye on this. I know you'll uh, keep uh, keep everyone abreast of that uh, as well too. The Anthony Davis uh, situation injured last night's game uh, where the Warriors defeated the Lakers 121 to 106. So while you're watching this game Arash, did you have the feeling early on that uh, okay, uh game 6 is pretty inevitable. You know what, so I'm watching that game fully expecting the Warriors to win, but the way that the first half was playing out really gave me confidence that they may have a chance to pull the upset, and they really found a way to do that during the course of this series, where the Warriors hit seven three-pointers in the first quarter. Looks like they're going to go on a run, and every time the Lakers came back, so that game is tied in the second quarter with about four and a half left or so, the Warriors closed out the half on a 16-5 run. Not that that game is done at that point, but I had no confidence that they were going to come back from 11 points down. And then the third quarter starts, they go up by close to 20 points. And at that point, it's done. Now, what you can't do, and I know a lot of people have suggested this after the fact, but you can't wave the, the white flag. Listen, at the end of the day, you're playing to win the game. And at the end of the day, they, that, that game was within reach in the fourth quarter. That was a seven-point game in the fourth. So, you know, uh, I get what people are saying. If you don't think you can win, give LeBron some rest, give AD some rest, perhaps he, does, he doesn't get hurt. You're, you're competing here. You're trying to close this out in five, and now they're going to try to close it out in six. You can't wave the white flag. No, hundred percent agree. And again, people that are saying that they—I I don't know—I don't—I don't want to insult anybody. Say that you haven't played the game, coached the game, or just watched it very carefully. But that—that's not the mindset that you have there. And that's why you saw, uh, you know, from the Warriors side as well, they're up big. You still had Steph Curry. You had uh, you know, their guys, you know, out there because you know they could have coasted and said, "Hey, you know, we need the rest." Okay, uh, we got to get ready for a game six as well too. But no, no, no. I mean, that's why LeBron James. And, you know, Anthony Davis until, you know, he got injured, those guys were still out there and they were balling out. And, and you have to, because if you got a chance to close, close out a team, you do it. And, and here's the, the main point is, especially with these two teams in this series, it has been a serious game of runs. It doesn't matter if you're up 10 or 12. The other team has come back and not only erased it, but, you know, built a double digit lead themselves. And so you never, can can take that out of the equation as well. 100%. And, and, and when we've talked talked about this before, I mean, I really view this, you know, when, once, the, once the Lakers took a 3-1 series lead, they had, in my view, two chances to win the series. Game 5, which was, which was going to be tough, I, I get that, and Game 6. I, I don't like the Lakers' chances of losing two straight, losing all momentum, and then having to go up to San Francisco for a 12-30 game on a Sunday in beating the defending champions on their home court. I don't like their chances there. I think we all agreed it's going to come down to a game six. And that's what generally happens when you go up 3-1 and the team that's down 3-1 has two of the next three on their home court. 
it really comes down to this game six. And, and so um, if Davis is cleared to play, and again, we'll find out here shortly, I like the Lakers' chances. I think it's going to be a fantastic game, and I think it will come down to the wire. I like the Lakers to win this in the six. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone always likes to talk about you know the pressure. Who's got the pressure on them here? And when you look at this, you know people will say, "Well, yeah, the pressure is on the Warriors because they're you know, one game away from elimination." But I think you'll probably agree with me on this one that no, the, the pressure is on the Lakers because they do not like want to go to a game seven for everything that you just said, right? I mean, so. What do you expect to see from the Lakers? First of all, I guess, you know, answer the question yourself. Who do you think the pressure is more on? And then, you know, what, you know, what, what type of, uh, Lakers team do you expect to see when they hit the floor there tomorrow night? You know, it, it's kind of a draw. I agree with you. The pressure is on the Lakers because they don't want to have to go up to San Francisco to play a game seven. That being said, this is the defending champions. This is an elimination situation for them. They're not like the you know like a, a a bad team here, right? I mean, I mean, this could effectively be the end of the run for the dynasty yep. of the of the Warriors. So there is pressure there. That being said, you're 100 percent right. I think most people would agree that if the Lakers lose this game, lose two straight, and now you're basically saying it's a one game series, Game Seven in San Francisco. Don't like their chances there. For the Lakers, though, DC, here's where I stand with this. This run came out of nowhere for me. I mean, I've been following this team all season. I've been covering them for years, as you know. They're a below 500 team, didn't even make the play-in tournament a year ago. Uh, you know, 60-some-odd games through this season. Once again, below 500, not even a top-10 seed, not a play-in tournament team. They make all these moves at the trade deadline, six in, six out. And they've been one of the best teams in the league. I mean, this, this run came out of nowhere. So while I wouldn't be happy if they lost in Game 7, I mean, I still view this as like, what an amazing run that they've had so far. I, I'm with you. But the question is, do Laker fans feel that same way that you do? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> now, they should. Right. right. They should. Because they should realize where this team was a, a year ago yeah. and where they were for three-fourths of the way through this season. Again, TC, if they don't make the moves that they make, this is a, this season would have been like it was last season, below 500, not even in the play-in tournament. So I was thrilled they had the turnaround that they did, thrilled they got into the play-in tournament, won a first-round series, up 3-1. We'll see what they do, but it, it, this is a little bit different than it normally is. I get Laker fans have this belief championship for bust. I get that. I just have a different – this season came out of nowhere. This run that came out of nowhere. No, and you you are 100% correct, and I agree with your sentiment in that analogy because I, I didn't take this team seriously. I mean, okay, they're, they're going to get in the playoffs. Remember, I mean, with two weeks to go in the season, it looked like they weren't even going to maybe even get in a playoff uh, in, into a play-in yeah. game, not even in a play-in game. And then they do that, exactly. then they beat, beat Minnesota, and then, okay, now, now they're playing some – some good basketball. And I don't know how you feel, but you know, that Memphis series was kind of advantageous for them because they had so much going on in that Memphis Grizzlies locker room and that team with John Morant and the off the court issues. And then he gets hurt. You know, he wasn't a hundred percent. So it was kind of advantage Lakers and there wasn't a whole bunch of playoff experience on that Memphis Grizzlies team outside of maybe a Mike Connolly, you know, right? So 
Uh, well, Collins, you're not, no. What am I talking about? That was Minnesota. But anyway, you know what I'm saying, though? So I think they were kind of advantageous, yeah. you know, with, with that series. And now, you know, you, you got this run, and now you're playing the champs, and they're coming off a seven-game war against Sacramento. So, okay. But I'm like you, still like advantage Warriors. But both of these teams, Arash, have been very, very inconsistent during the course of the year. And even in the postseason, pretty inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, the, the one constant for this Lakers team is how good they've played at home. They have not lost in this postseason at home. They have not lost at home since the end of March. Uh, you know, I, I go back to the Grizzlies series. And by the way, Dylan Brooks, the comments Dylan Brooks have made really lit a fire under this team because they were a good defensive team, but I had never seen them play the way that they did post the Brooks comment. But the same thing happened where they took a 3-1 series lead against Memphis. The Grizzlies in Game 5 took it to the Lakers. And in Game 6, it wasn't a close game at all. The Lakers won by 40 points. I'm not saying that that's going to happen here. But I do think that the Lakers realized they got to close it out in six. And they felt the same way. In that Grizzly series, the last thing they wanted to do was hop on a plane and go to and play the Grizzlies in Memphis. So um, I think you're, you're, you're going to see a team that's really wants to show what they have to prove. And the Anthony Davis, a lot of comments are being made about how he's soft and if he really got a concussion and all these things. I mean, if I'm Davis or if I'm his teammates, I'm really upset by some of the comments that have been made. Mm. Arash Mikazi joins us, founder of the Sporting Tribune, host of the Arash Mikazi Show, which is heard in L.A., Vegas, and Hawaii. Arash, let's talk a little bit about Steph Curry. You know, he's been carrying this team for the Warriors because the Warriors really haven't got much out of Clay Thompson. They've got zero out of Jordan Poole. Um, Wiggins has been fantastic. Uh, Looney has been hurt. But it really has been Steph. And I know that you're in L.A., and it's LeBron mania there, as it has been ever since he arrived there. But does Steph Curry get the love there in L.A. that he deserves? Because this guy definitely deserves the love, but I just don't hear a lot of people outside of, of the Bay Area talking about it. Well, no, I mean, I think he's one of the greatest superstars in uh, league history. I think, I mean, I think that's, that, that's why this, this series has been so compelling because of the history between Steph Curry and, Le- Le- and LeBron James. So I think universally, whether it's in Los Angeles, California, whatnot, I mean, I think he's viewed as, as, as not only one of the, you know, the top players in the game today, but obviously historically speaking, there's that conversation of if they win another championship, where do you put them there? So no, I mean, I, I, I don't, uh, listen, if you're a Lakers fan, by the way, there are some Lakers fans who don't, who still don't love LeBron because they go back to that Kobe versus LeBron right. stuff. So, like, yeah. I, I wouldn't really uh, look at what a fan has to say. I think they all respect and appreciate Steph. And where I think the Lakers know, there's a variety of reasons, right? You don't want to have to play a game seven. You saw in that King series, there's a difference when you have Steph Curry games one through five or six in Steph Curry in a Game 7. And so I don't think, uh, again, a variety of reasons. You don't want to have to go up to San Francisco to play that Game 7. 
You're going to see a different Steph Curry. You're going to see a different Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. You're going to see a different team if you allow this series to go to Game 7. Talk a little bit about Darvin Ham. Okay, this is his first go-around as a head coach. Been around the league as assistant and as a player for many, many years. We get that. But it is kind of a different beast when you're in this type of a situation uh, late in a playoff series. Heck, we're seeing, you know, Joe Missoula over there at, uh, at Boston and you're looking, I'm questioning him like, you know, what, what is going on with this team? Talk to me about Darvin Ham covering him and what is his pulse? You know, with this team, because I think a lot of people say, well, it's LeBron James team. You know, LeBron James is, is, is a hard guy to coach. And we've seen, you know, young coaches coaching LeBron. I'm just real curious from your perspective and covering this team as much as you do. And as long as you've been doing it, Darvin Ham as the head coach of this team. You know, one of the reasons that they really liked him was that he was going to come in and have the confidence and the respect of the locker room. And during the course of the season, whether you talk about whether they went 0-5 or 2-10 or were, again, below 500 at the trade deadline, he never lost the locker room. He never lost the confidence and the trust of this team. And there's a lot to be said for that. Frank Vogel is a fantastic coach, and I have no doubt Frank Vogel will, will be back as a head coach in this league next season. Unfortunately, he had lost the locker room. He had lost the, the trust of those players. So, you know, when I, I talk about him, a great defensive coach, a great head coach, put together a fantastic staff. But the most important thing when you talk about a team as talented as this, you, you have to have the trust and respect of LeBron, of Anthony Davis, and he has that. And so that's, that's where you know, Ham comes into play. But by the way, when you look at how great this team is defensively, Ham's fingerprints are all over that. He was brought in because of that as well. He's a great defensive coach. Mm. All right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Denver and Phoenix. Uh, this has been a home court series. Uh, the Suns have played exceptionally well at home, and now they're back at home, and they played okay at home without Chris Paul. Another closeout situation, you know, tonight uh, for the Denver Nuggets. What do you think happens? Yeah, listen, I mean, when you talk about individual performances during, the, during this postseason, when we've seen some great ones, what Devin Booker is doing, again, we haven't seen this since Michael Jordan way back in the day. And, you know, pair that up with KD, it's a fantastic one-two punch. Unfortunately for the Suns, that's all they have. Chris Paul has been hurt. He's already not quite himself. DeAndre Ayton has been ruled out. Uh, so, listen, this team was not deep. This team was not deep enough to lose their third, fourth best players. And so I do think as much as you are 100% right, this has been a series of home court. The home team has won. I do believe the road team finally wins. Denver wins. Did they advance? And, by the way, uh, it's going to be tough sledding for the winner of the Lakers-Warriors series. It's going to be a quick turnaround for them. Uh, and and we're talking about Denver. I think they're going to win it all this year, and no one's really, you know, and I get it. Listen, if I'm if I'm the league, if I'm TV networks, if I'm doing these uh, talk shows, I'm talking about LeBron and stuff and all that, the Denver Nuggets, they are for real. 
Well, Jokic has uh, been downright phenomenal, and I know that yeah. you know the only criticism sometimes he gets is is defensively, but offensively <laughs> the guy can do it all. I mean, a guy his size and dishing out the assists that we see game in and game out from him, I mean, he's phenomenal. But you know, again, they are more than Jokic. You know, and I know they'd yeah. like to get more from Jamal Murray, but you know, he had 19 in game number five. Uh, Michael Porter showed up; he he got 19, and then here comes Bruce Brown. And it's like, well, wait a minute. This team does have a little bit of depth. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's what I love about them. Because Jokic is Jokic. I mean, he's, again, a, a transcendent talent. I mean, when you look at the numbers he's put up, I mean, we, we haven't seen that before from a, a big man. Uh, but, no, they are an especially deep team. And, and a lot of people will continue to talk about this depending on who advances in the conference finals. But you go back to the bubble in Orlando, it was the Lakers and the Nuggets and the Celtics and the Heat, and we could get those same conference championship games again. All right, Arash, uh, the other game tonight is Boston and Philadelphia. Uh, I, I, I mentioned crazy series. Uh, the Celtics have not looked good, and, and they looked horrible on their home floor in game number five. And now Philly with a chance to close it out. Another injury concern, uh, saying that Joel Embiid it was listed as questionable. Firmly believe he's going to play tonight, especially how good he's looked uh, in this series. Yeah, listen, I, as much as I'm rooting for Philadelphia, listen, as a guy from Los Angeles, I can't like Boston. <laughs> I, I like the Celtics. I like the Celtics to win six, and I like the Celtics to win in game seven. It's just that, again, Closeout game is the hardest game, and I know it's convenient, and I've done the same thing. When you see a team get in position to close out a series and they have a chance to close it out at home, you like the home team there. But when you, uh, and not that this Celtics team, they're not, a, they, 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 they didn't win the championship, but they've been through a lot. They've been through a lot, and so I, uh, I like the Celtics here. Jill Missoula, by the way, I do think is coaching for his job right now in the postseason, and I only say that because of the coaches that are available to the Celtics. A, the talent is there. I think the Celtics are perhaps from top to bottom the most talented team. But you got Nick Nurse. You got Frank Vogel. You might got Mike Kudenholzer. You got three championship head coaches there. Uh, I do think if Joe Mazzula loses this tonight, uh, I don't know if he's back as the um, head coach of this team. I agree with you. How strange is that for you know um, you know talking about uh, a high seed, the, the, the you know one of the top two seeds in the Eastern Conference, and uh, you know both their coaches could be gone. How crazy is that? Yeah, right. Nuts, uh, nuts. I mean, and I. But by the way, it, 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 he's he's a fantastic coach, and, and and this is he was put in a very difficult situation. So I don't want to. You know, I mean, he will be a head coach again in this league, but this team, if they lose in game six in the conference semifinals, that's not acceptable. This is a championship team. Mm. All right, Arash, appreciate the time as always. Man, enjoy the game. It, uh, the atmosphere will be electric tomorrow night there at the Crypto.com Center Arena, whatever the heck you guys are calling it. <laughs> I don't know, man. But uh, enjoy, my friend, and we uh, look forward to talking with you hopefully next week. Awesome. Thanks, TC. I'll talk to you soon. You got it, brother. There he is. Arash Bakazi. Fantastic job that he does uh, with his own radio show and uh, the Sporting Tribune, which he is the author of. 